This is a podcast by the Business Times. Welcome to Wealth with BT. Learn to protect and grow your wealth in this monthly podcast series by the Business Times, hosted by BT Wealth editor Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. Is Singapore getting hotter? And is this because of climate change? I did a quick check on weather.gov.sg and the daily maximum temperature reading for September where I live in the east shows this. The temperature exceeded 30 degrees Celsius on 26 days of the month. As for the daily average temperature for September, for 24 days of the month, it was over 28 degrees. The issue of climate change has been in the news for many years, maybe even as long as two decades. But of late, it makes headlines almost daily. This is because there has been a steady acceleration of global warming or a rise in world temperature. And so the call for action is getting louder. Climate change has serious implications for Singapore. Singapore's national average temperature has risen by around a quarter of a degree every 10 years. Over 40 years, the average temperature went from just under 27 degrees to around 28 degrees. It seems to me a sure bet that we're fast approaching a national average temperature of 30 degrees if recent years are anything to go by. Yes, there is a clear link between Singapore's warmer weather and climate change. Climate change has other impacts, such as the threat to water supply and to public health, as warmer weather could raise the incidence of certain diseases like malaria and dengue. There is also a chain reaction in terms of rising sea levels, as a warmer climate causes thermal expansion of the sea. Today, 30% of Singapore is less than 5 meters above sea level. By 2100, we could see the average sea level rise by up to 1 meter. This raises the risk of more floods. In fact, parts of Singapore's shoreline could become submerged. In short, the need for action to slow global warming, essentially by a drastic cut in carbon or greenhouse gas emissions, has become urgent. The United Nations' sixth assessment report this year says starkly that climate change is intensifying. It puts the blame squarely on human activity. Unless there are immediate, rapid, and large-scale cuts in emissions, the target of limiting the global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees or even 2 degrees will be out of reach. At 1.5 degrees, we're likely to see more heat waves and longer hot spells. At 2 degrees, the critical thresholds for agriculture and health are breached. In November, all eyes will be on the COP26, the Global Climate Change Conference in Glasgow. On the agenda is a strong push to get countries to submit new and more aggressive plans to cut emissions by 2030. This would keep alive the vision of capping the temperature rise to 1.5 degrees. Climate change really is an existential threat to everyone. That is why many countries and companies have pledged to achieve net zero emissions by 2050. Net zero means a country or company is carbon neutral. 
that is, the amount of carbon dioxide emitted is in balance or does not exceed the amount that is removed from the atmosphere. So far, more than 130 countries and over 200 companies have committed to net zero. But the commitments are woefully short. They result in less than 1% reduction in emissions by 2030, when what is needed is a cut of at least 45% to keep the 1.5 degree target in sight. So this is a big, big challenge. Singapore has set its sights on cutting peak emissions by half by 2050. It has also rolled out a green plan, which spells out some actions. It will plant 1 million more trees. The use of solar energy will quadruple by 2025. By 2030, at least 20% of schools are to be carbon neutral. As a corporate, Prudential PLC has pledged to be a net zero asset owner by 2050. It has three immediate targets. First, a 25% reduction in carbon emissions in shareholder and policyholder assets by 2025. Second, it will divest from businesses which derive more than 30% of income from coal. And third, it will engage with companies responsible for 65% of emissions in portfolios. In Singapore, consumers want to play a part. Prudential found in a recent survey that responsible investment, environmental practice, and ethics were among the top five ESG priority issues for customers. ESG refers to environmental, social, and governance objectives. In the area of responsible investment, for example, customers are more aware of the environmental and social impacts their investments can make. I'm quoting some of the survey responses. Customers want divestment of fossil fuels from the portfolio. They want their investments to support green initiatives and to generate good returns as well. This takes us to an important point that even as high-level talks are about to start on ways to limit emissions and achieve net zero, you and I as savers and investors can also play a part. This is because it is increasingly clear that we cannot rely on governments to fund the transition to a low-carbon world. The amount of capital required for the transition is estimated at 50 trillion U.S. dollars. Governments do not have the financial resources for this, and so private capital has to step in. There are many areas that need capital, like water infrastructure, renewable energy, and even sustainable real estate, and technologies for carbon capture. Globally, there is a groundswell towards sustainable investments. Fund tracker Morningstar reports that inflows into sustainable funds hit 2.3 trillion US dollars as of June this year. If you like what you're hearing so far, please subscribe to Wealth with BT on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Like and rate us. And now back to Wealth with BT and how your investments can make a positive difference to climate change with your host, Genevieve Kwa. This episode is brought to you by Prudential. But what does it really mean to invest sustainably or responsibly? 
I see sustainable investing as a spectrum or a continuum. On one end is the desire to do no harm, and this is the basic premise of ESG, that our investments, at the very least, should not harm societies and the environment. At the opposite end is the desire to make an explicit and measurable impact. Impact investing involves a whole different discipline, as the impact objectives must be clearly defined and tracked. The good news is that today, there is no shortage of investment choices along this entire spectrum. If you are looking to invest sustainably, it is important to be aware of a number of approaches so that your choices can be aligned with your beliefs and expectations. For example, some funds simply apply an exclusion screen, which means the fund will avoid certain sectors like coal or munitions. Other funds take a more in-depth approach to integrate ESG analysis into their selection of stocks and bonds. There are some clear benefits of a sustainable approach. The first benefit is a lower investment risk. Here is the logic. Companies that rate highly on ESG factors should be able to outperform for a few reasons. One, highly rated companies would be mindful of the environmental impact of their operations, products, and services. Poor environmental practices raise the risk of regulatory fines and penalties and consumer boycotts, which can deeply damage a brand. Two, on the social aspect, highly rated companies are more likely to treat their employees, customers, and stakeholders fairly and inclusively. And three, good governance is all important because companies should be good stewards of capital. Good governance will inspire trust in the company's leadership, behavior, and statements. And this trust helps the company to attract yet more capital. The second potential benefit of investing sustainably is that you are able to channel your funds towards specific environmental or social themes. Many fund firms offer such thematic exposures like clean energy or water or even responsible consumption. The third potential benefit is outperformance. MSCI looked into this question, do highly rated ESG companies do better over a period of seven years in sorting the companies within the MSCI All-Country World Index into thirds according to their ESG ratings? It found that the top third of companies do better because of higher earnings growth. The thing that I hope you take away from this podcast is that ESG isn't an investment bubble. It's actually an investment discipline. I would argue that all things equal, I would have more confidence in a fund that has integrated ESG into its portfolio process compared to another fund that has little or no regard for ESG. In my next podcast, I'll be looking into the various ESG approaches. Meanwhile, I'd like to revisit the concept of sustainable investing as a continuum. I've mentioned investments that do no harm on one end of the spectrum. I think it's worth talking about the investment options on the opposite end, which are those that aim to make an impact. Some examples of targeted impacts are companies whose products and services aim to raise financial inclusion 
or digital access for rural areas, or access to health services and clean water. Some impact funds are venture capital in nature and illiquid, but there are also impact funds that invest in public securities and are open for retail investment. These funds use the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals as a guide for their impact objectives. There are a total of 17 interconnected SDGs, like elimination of poverty, zero hunger, good health, and clean water. The SDGs provide a framework for funds to channel your money towards causes that matter to you. I hope you find this podcast meaningful. As individuals, our savings are limited, but we can still make a difference if we choose investments with a sustainable objective or mandate. Until the next podcast, thank you for listening. And join us again next month for Wealth with BT about various ESG approaches and even sustainable thematic funds with your host Genevieve Kwa. This episode was brought to you by Prudential. That was an SBH podcast by The Business Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3. Any financial or investment information in this podcast is for use in Singapore only and is intended to be for your general information. Any particular investment or decision should only be made after consulting with a fully qualified financial advisor.